0: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Bringing It Back podcast. We are so excited that you're here. Our heart is to help you figure out how to navigate life well while keeping Scripture at the foundation of all that we're doing. So let's dive into this week's episode. What is popping, my podcast babies? Did I sound like you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What's yeah, yeah. up, all of our faithful listeners? It is your main man, Micah Mosley, over here, and I am with my great friend, Jonah Stairs. <laughs> and we are so excited and honored that you guys would take a little bit of your time out of your week and listen to what we have to say. Jonah?
1: We're bringing it back, as always. As bring always, baby.
0: Just to
1: bring it back. A little more even on a deeper level to uh, bring it back to scripture I just have a question for you if you're open and willing for me yeah for, okay. you, for you yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay if you were to have any biblical figure excluding Jesus be your dad <laughs> who would you want to be your dad
0: Wow, that's a great question. I know, right?
1: Oh, man. Do you have an
0: answer to this already? I feel like you've thought no, about I, this. No, it was
1: on the spot. I don't even. I haven't even thought about it.
0: Uh, I think I'd probably go with Joseph. That's Joseph? <laughs> 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 I think I just beat the question. Because <laughs> then, Jesus is my brother. True. Jesus is already my brother, but then he's my blood brother. Yeah, okay. That's kind of the
1: cop out. Yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Who's your answer? Um yikes. I don't I don't know. I feel like everyone in the Bible is kind of a uh, strict <laughs> I wouldn't want Paul as my father. I almost said Paul and I was like, no, that guy would mess me up. Wouldn't want Judas as my brother, I'll tell you that. For oh sure. yeah, that'd be maybe the rich young ruler. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably
0: want Moses
1: to be my dad.
0: Okay. Yeah. Care to unpack that for me?
1: I don't know. I just feel like he has this quality that's like, Dad, you know? <laughs> like, what is up, Papa? How was the mountaintop? What'd you hear? What'd you say? You know? I feel like you just kind of got the inside scoop. Like, you get to see the side of Moses that isn't so, you know,
0: prophety. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So sorry about that last thirty seconds. We don't pre-record these, so we don't know what the heck's oh, gonna happen. Gosh. That's actually a great question that I've never thought about before. Yeah, me neither. But last week we talked a little bit about friendships, and we kind of, or kind of, I think I talked a little bit about um, if you're not having friends who aren't Christians, you're doing it wrong. And I had a few people reach out to me and be like, all right, well, what does that look like? Yeah. So this week, we want to take a little bit of time and talk about this idea of how to talk about Jesus with people who don't know Jesus as well, or even with people who do know Jesus. But before we even get into that, I kind of want to address something that's been very real for my life, because um, I was thinking about that, and for how so many years of my life, even growing up in the church, I didn't talk about Jesus, and I didn't really want to. Jonah, why do you think we don't really... And I'm not speaking for you specifically, but you I think can like... Speak for me. <laughs> Yeah, you can speak for you, but... <laughs> why do you think we don't talk about Jesus that much? Um, I
1: feel like it's just not cool. Yeah. Like, especially for kids like elementary, middle, even high school. Especially high school. Yeah, because I think part of it, and this is just coming to me, if it sounds stupid, just discard it. But I feel like part of it is you're not developed really, you're like, you're not really grounded or developed in who you are. Hmm. And so you're just trying to figure out who you are. And it's hard to take a strong stance on something when you're not really rooted in it. Mm
0: -hmm. You know,
1: if I don't really know who I am in Christ or I don't really know who he is, like as a 16, 17, 18 year old, it's going to be hard for me to really stand up to it because the minute somebody comes against that, I'm going to feel insecure and I'm gonna feel attacked, or I'm gonna feel like I don't know the right answer, I have to convince somebody of the right answer. And it's just hard, because you want people to like you. And you know what, everybody, let's just get the right answer out of the way. The right answer is, well, you shouldn't care what other people think about you. Mm -hmm. And you shouldn't care if people yell at you or, or outsmart you in an intellectual conversation. Like, okay, but we do just as humans, Mm -hmm. we care. Like, I care if somebody yells at me and says I'm an idiot. And I know I shouldn't, quotation marks, but I do because that's just an unpleasant human interaction. Mm -hmm. And so I think part of it is just, it's human nature to want to not really have a whole lot of conflict happen around you because of you. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is kind of, he's kind of an offensive
0: thought, you know, to okay, bring yeah. up. So yeah, I think that's part of it. What do you yeah. think? I think specifically, cause I was thinking about this for me and cause I know like a big part of my life growing up in the church, like I said, and always having this idea of Jesus and calling myself a Christian. I think for a long time, I didn't like talking about Jesus because I didn't really care to. And I think the big part of that is because I wasn't really like in love with who Jesus was. Yeah. I think for a lot of my life, I was in love with the things that Jesus did for me. I was in love with the idea of not going to hell. I was in love with the <laughs> idea of having an eternity in heaven. So I, yeah. I liked all those things, but I wasn't in love with who Jesus was. And Jesus hadn't truly changed my life. And I think for a lot of my life, and I say my life, this is up to like two years ago, I think is when I had that revelation of like, wow, I love Jesus the person. I love who he is. Um, I think when you don't love something, you don't want to talk about it a whole lot. Yeah. And we all have things that we love. So I think, you know, I could talk for so long about basketball. Like, that's one thing that I love. Or even more specifically, like, I know me and Jonah could sit here and have a conversation about disc golf. Because we both love playing disc golf. Yeah. I'm much better at it than Jonah is. <laughs> but... <laughs> but we both have a love for that, so it's easy for us to talk about it. It's easy for me to talk about basketball. It's easy for me to talk about disc yeah. golf, and I want to talk about it because it's something that I love and because it's something that I'm passionate about. Yeah. I think if we're not wanting to talk about Jesus, I would say, all right, so how much do you really love Jesus? Because I think if you're truly in love with who Jesus is, you should want to tell yeah. everybody, and I'm not saying every conversation has to be like, hey, here's this Jesus, but I think you should have this desire in your heart for other people to want to know this Jesus that you know, and you should want to tell them how he's changed your life. Well, and you can't, you can't
1: make that stuff up. Like you can't fabricate your personal experience with Jesus. And that I think, that's a big thing is like, people are drawn to authenticity, which I know just get it out of your system. That's an overplayed word, authenticity. But I mean, it's a real thing. Like if you're not being authentic, then people don't want to be around you. That's just like basic relationship 101. And like people are drawn to passion. I mean, how many of you have been around somebody who's really passionate about something? Like, here's the deal. I'm not like a crazy basketball nerd. But when I'm around Micah and he starts talking about basketball, I can't help but just to a certain extent – be drawn to that and be and want to be included in that conversation just because i'm attracted to how passionate he is about it Mm. and to take that to even more of an extreme my best friend in the world luke kennedy is obsessed with anime and you know what (laughs) i have a lot of personal views on that but he is so passionate about it and i'm not saying it's wrong in any way that's just something for him that i has never really been appealing to me but when he talks about it mean me neither. <laughs> <laughs> when he talks about it, I can't help but see where he's coming from. Like, I can't help but see his perspective. I can't help but think maybe there's just a little bit of logic behind somebody enjoying that so much. And at the end of the day, if you have a, a uh, an experience with Jesus, then, like, how can somebody tell you you're wrong? Like, it, it's your experience. And so... At the end of the day, you got to stand behind what you love and what you're passionate about. Like what Micah was saying, that stuff is just going to, it's just going to flow out of you. It's going to bubble out of you, um, unless, of course, you're just crippled by that fear of, of well, what if they respond this way, or or, or maybe they're not going to like what I say, or blah blah blah. And and really, at the end of the day, just to kind of be black and white about it, you just got to get over that. You really just got to get over it and be true to who you are in Christ.
0: Yeah, and I think even, we weren't planning this, but to throw scripture back on that one, Galatians 1.10 has been really big in my life lately, and I don't have it pulled up right here, so forgive me if I quote it wrong, or have a few words missing, but um, it says, for am I doing this for the approval of God or of man? If I were still doing things for the approval of man, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. So I think that gives us a really good picture for like even what our motive is behind things. Like if we're doing different works or we're talking about things to impress people we're not bond servants of christ yeah and that's a big word and that's a whole different topic to get into but i think that goes along really well with what jonah was saying there yeah that's a good point point. and i think one of the just something i always go back to
1: is i've always kind of been turned off i guess you could say to people who just come up to me randomly and they're just like hey, do you know Jesus? And do you you want to know Jesus today? And and it almost just feels like they're a salesman trying to make a pitch to me. And I'm always just kind of taken aback by that. And it's like, well, I believe in Jesus, obviously. I mean, I have tattoos that say I believe in Jesus, so people should know. And so it's not like offensive to me, but it's one of those things that just rubs me the wrong way because I'm kind of like, hey, buy me dinner first, you know? Like, get to know me. (laughs) Sure. you know, ask me my name, like, because then I just feel like this, well, I'm just, uh, I'm just something on their checklist so that they can go home feeling good about themselves saying, I talked to five people about Jesus today because that's not the point. The point is to connect with people and the Lord will actually open doors and conversations for you to be true to how, to who he is in your life. And, and I think that's the key and I have a couple of stories that I want to tell a little later on, but first let's bring it to some scripture, you know? Yeah. Let's bring it back yeah. and talk about some scripture because, I mean, it's pretty clear all throughout scripture that there is this, um, I guess, expectation on us to share the gospel, share the good news, mm-hmm.
0: and to be true to who God is in our lives. Yeah. And before we read those scriptures, I think a lot of people are even thinking, "Oh, like I'm not called to evangelism. I'm I'm called to discipleship. <laughs> like I love developing people. Yeah, man, I've said that. That is such an easy answer. And I don't think any one person is just called to discipleship. Discipleship, if I'm being very honest, like it can be challenging, but it's it's pretty easy. And it's a lot easier to have a, <laughs> it's a lot easier to have a conversation with Jesus, like about Jesus, with someone who already knows him." and develop then than it is to talk about Jesus with someone who doesn't know him. So evangelism is scarier, but it's definitely something that we're all called to. So if you're thinking, oh, I'm not really called to evangelism, this pod isn't for me, you're wrong. So listen to these scriptures Jim's about to read.
1: Yeah, and evangelism looks like a lot of different things. And so this verse actually really popped out to me, and I got really excited about it because even like Micah said, I've never been drawn to the evangelism that's like, standing in front of millions of people and preaching the gospel and all that stuff. And I think there are people who are called to that, and I think that's great. But all of us, on an individual level, are still called to share the gospel. We're all still called to evangelize. Um, And so this verse is in Psalm, it's chapter 40, verse 10, and it says, I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. And so that psalm is basically just saying, hey, like, I don't necessarily need to go out and try to shove Jesus down people's throats. But you know what? Jesus is the central part of my life. So if somebody's going to get to know me, I'm not going to hide how Jesus has delivered me. I'm not going to hide that and keep it for myself. I'm not going to keep my faith away from other people just for the sake of not wanting to make them feel uncomfortable or whatever. It's like, no, if they are asking me a question about what I believe, like the Psalm says, I've spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I'm going to tell people about how Jesus saved my life and how he's been faithful to me time and time again. Mm. I'm not going to conceal how steadfast God is in my life just for the sake of somebody else maybe not
0: feeling comfortable around me in that conversation. Mm. Yeah, I think that's good. And I think, will, I, again, I've said these things before, but I think a lot of people will say, like, I love that person too much to like have an uncomfortable conversation. Yikes. You don't love them too much. You love yourself too much. Yeah. And you love this foot that you're putting forward. And you don't want to have that uncomfortable conversation. That's backwards. That is completely backwards. I, I think if you did love them, you would absolutely want to have this conversation with them. I think... Man, Charles Spurgeon, C.S. Lewis, someone wise once said like, one of the most selfish things a Christian can do is be okay with going to heaven alone. Jokes. Um, God, that's a tough one, Yeah, right? I think we fall back on a lot. It was like, oh, I love this person too much to, you know, ruffle the feathers in the family. You don't love them if you're backing away from a conversation that's going to make you uncomfortable. You love yourself, and that's just the reality of what that is. Yeah. So you need to acknowledge that.
1: And it just, it also yeah. reveals insecurity in yourself that you're not confident that they love you because you're afraid of how they're going to respond to what you say and you're afraid that oh well you know they don't they don't respect me as a human or they don't love me as a person so if i let my true self be known they're just going to crap all over that and you know what like i have thought that thought before and it at the end of the day that's just a lie and it's insecurity that's that's literally it's just fear and insecurity
0: yeah. I think that's good. And just to have a few more scriptures, we all know the great commission, Matthew 28:19, go through therefore go and make disciples of all nations. Uh, I don't want to spend too much time there cuz I think you all have heard that and we know that we're called to make disciples, but one that I really, really love is 1 Peter 3:15 through 16 and it says, "But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you." Yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. But what I really want to hone in on there um, is when people always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. So I think they should be able to see the hope that is in you, first of all. Um, But then the second part says, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And I think that's where a lot of people get caught up. Um, and the sharing of the gospel is this gentleness and respect. It should never be something that you are just absolutely forcing down someone's throat, like Jonah said. Gentleness and respect. When you think about those words, what do you think about Jonah? What does that sound like? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no,
1: I mean, gentleness and respect. It's, I'm, I'm not out to to change somebody's mind, and that's not even what he's saying. He's saying, if somebody asks about the hope that's in you. Then, then prepare your response. He even says defense. Prepare your defense for the hope that's in you. When people say, hey, what's different about you? Why are you so hopeful all the time? You got to have something ready to go that says, hey, this is all about Jesus in me. But again, with gentleness and respect, like know the context, know who you're talking to, you know, know an appropriate boundary. And, 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 know an appropriate way to have that that conversation within that relationship. And again, I don't think there's like a formula to well, that's always this is always what it's going to look like. I mean, it might look different talking to different people. But at the end of the day, it, if you are just being respectful like a just a very basic human standard for respect, you know, be kind, be nice, don't don't try to change their way of thinking like they're asking you a question and you're just answering it based on what you believe yeah and if they don't like the answer then you know sorry about you you're not responsible for how they respond you're only responsible for how you respond and so I mean at the at the bottom line is if they're offended by
0: that then that's on them yeah and if you're doing this to win an argument you are wrong yeah that's the wrong answer (laughs) you are wrong that is not that should not ever be the heart behind it because you can win that argument and that person is going to be so turned off to the words and anything that you said that they are going to be absolutely running a far away from as anybody who says they're a Christian anytime they hear that just because of a conversation they had with you one time. Yeah, um, but again always because we want to bring it back another good one is Colossians three sixteen that I want to read and that says let the word of Christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So I think right off the bat there, we see let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Jonah, what does it mean to let the word of Christ dwell in you richly? Unpack this verse for me. Here's the deal. I don't really know, but I love the way that verse sounds. Because when
1: I read that, the word richly is really what reeled me in there. I was like, oh yeah, I want to let God's word dwell in me richly. And it's just, I don't know, like, For me like rich means really like potent like you know when somebody says they're they're eating a really rich decadent piece of cheesecake or something it's like almost hard to finish Mm -hmm. because it's so potent and it's so rich and it's one of those things that's like man like scripture is really powerful and even just one verse of scripture is enough to really just kind of floor you It's like one bite of that cheesecake. And you're like, oh yeah, like that is so good. But it's almost so good that I have to take a break before I take another bite. Mm -hmm. And so for me, what it means to let the word of God dwell in me richly is I'm actually taking my time with it. Like it's something that requires intentionality. Like you can't just read the Bible for words. If you're just reading it for words then it's just going to go in one ear and out the other. But it's one of those things where you take a bite and it's like, oh, you want that bite to stay in your tummy-tum forever because it's so dang good. You know, and it's like, oh, it dwells in you richly and you never want to let go of it. So for me, I mean, that's it just hits me so hard with so much like, oh, just poetic meaning and all, you know, oh, it dwells in me richly. It's just something that's so potent and it requires a certain level of respect, and intentionality that, okay, you don't just plow through that, all right? You got to take it one bite at a time and enjoy it. Oh, yeah. Like in uh, Ratatouille, you know? What you call Ratatouille? Yeah. Ratatouille. Yeah, Ratatouille. <laughs> Anyone can cook. What the heck? Anyways, when he's like making Remy, R- Remy? Remy's the rat. Remy's the main guy. Yep. Oh, he's making his brother, right? Eat, he's making his brother eat it really, yeah, yeah, yeah. really slowly, yeah. and it's like, oh, you gotta savor it. Yeah. And then when he takes the time to savor it, then he gets all everything that it has to offer. Yeah. And that, that
0: I think relates really well to to God's word to Scripture. So, yeah. I think that's good. So I just want to get a little into the practicals of like some good questions you can ask yep. to talk about Jesus, because I think for a long time, I don't know if I really knew how to initiate a conversation about Jesus at all without being like, hey, do you know Jesus? Yeah. And I think those questions don't really work well. Um, Before we do that, yeah, go ahead. I just want to another. slap you with one more scripture. Go ahead the verse. Go ahead. Well, yeah, let's just bring it back sure.
1: real quick. <clears throat> this is Second uh, Timothy chapter 2, 24, 24 through 26. And it says, And the Lord's servant, that's you, that's me, that's Micah, um, the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone. No. If you don't know what quarrelsome means, it means don't fight people. Um, But be kind to everyone. Be able to teach patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. So that's really packed. But basically what it's saying is, as the Lord's servant, don't be seeking out fights. Be kind to everyone. Be able to teach... And patiently enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness. Like, living in this world, you're going to encounter evil. You're going to encounter opponents. But the thing is, even when you're in those, like, really heated arguments, like, I've had people yell at me about what I believe, and I'm just kind of like, that's kind of ridiculous. But it's not my job to be quarrelsome. In fact, it's my job to be kind to them, like this verse says. And to correct them with gentleness And again, that is a really fine line because correcting somebody is almost always offensive. But how can you do that in a gentle way? Um, And then it even goes on to say, God may perhaps grant them repentance leading to a knowledge of the truth. It's not up to you to shove truth down, down people's throats, all right? It's up to you to just bring them your testimony Be true to who you are and who God is, gently and kindly. And then God will come in and grant them that space in their hearts and in their souls to really let that seed that you planted take root in in their heart. And that's when it really becomes true to who they are. So I just wanted to say like that is a scriptural principle in, in talking about Jesus to other people is do it with kindness and gentleness like the verse Um, in Peter, right? Was that the Peter one that said that? Yeah. Yeah. Like the verse in Peter says, um, but also don't be afraid to correct people on what is truth in a gentle way, and that will provide a space for God to come in and really cultivate that seed
0: that you have planted. Yeah, that's good. Thanks for bringing us back to that, Jonah. Yeah, no doubt. Um, That's good. (laughs) So yeah, some good questions I think you guys can ask that um, I heard recently, there's this website, it's called gotquestions.org that is such a great resource. It basically answers Bible questions straight from scripture. Um, there's a whole section on the gospel and it has these questions on there just for like anybody who's on the website looking for answers. And I have saw them and I thought they were so, so great. Um, and I think a lot of times we even wonder like, man, how do I bring up this idea without like, Assuming something about somebody. Yeah. Um, so just gonna take through a few of them. I was getting a haircut the other day just because I love haircuts and it was a little bit of a longer one because they do all this special stuff on your first time. What kind of special stuff? Is let's say, this, place, you know, <laughs> elephant in the room. Of course. The first one. They do the
1: face towel. They do the face and, towel. Oh, yeah, yeah yeah, like yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Yeah, but I was there for like an hour. So I was talking to this lady. I felt the Lord kind of be like, all right, you know, ask her about something that means something. So I'd seen this question is, do you have a faith? I think that's a kind of a great intro question, because it doesn't assume like, hey, do you know Jesus? It's, do you have a faith? So you're allowing them to talk about what they believe in. You're seeing where they're coming from, what that's been like. Um, But again, I think these are questions that don't necessarily need to come right when you meet somebody, unless the Lord's tugging on your heart to do that. There have been times where I've seen that happen, and it works really well, but I think it works better with relationship. but I asked her, did she have a faith? And she was telling me a little bit about, you know, how she kind of grew up in the church a little bit. But she went to college and she got pregnant and all these different things happened. Um, and then I went to this next question, which I think is so, so good. And it's kind of a loaded question if you think about it right off the bat. But it's, all right, if you were standing at the gates of heaven and God said, why should I let you in? What would your answer be? You asked her that question? I asked her that oh, question. Dang. I asked her that question. and I didn't, I didn't really want to because it's a big one. Yeah. And she kind of stood there for a little bit and she was like, I don't know because I'm not really consistent at church. I'm not, I don't really know what my answer would be. Man, and that opens up such a great door and she didn't get offended by it, but again, I kind of felt out the room a little bit. And we'd, right. already, we'd already been talking for like 45 minutes yeah. at this point. Well, so yeah, wasn't it takes a certain out. level yeah. of discernment to know, yeah. or, And even God saying, hey, yeah. I want you to yeah. exactly. start this conversation. Exactly. But then from there, I was able to bring in man, the truth of what the gospel is. Um, and for me, the easiest verse that's always been that is Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. Um, it's something that really changed my life like two years ago when I actually heard it for the first time. And it's, for by grace you have been saved through faith, not by work so that no one can boast. Man, and when I shared that with her, it was like it was something that she had never heard before. Like this idea that she didn't have to earn her way into heaven just put her flat on her, not literally flat on her face. But when I, you know, we were talking about that, you could tell that the wheels were turning and she had never thought about the gospel like that. And that doesn't happen if we don't ask questions like that. And again, don't go out to the first person you see and say, if you were standing at the gates (laughs) of heaven, why would he let you in? Why? Why do you deserve to be in heaven? Why? No, but I think if the situation is right, that's a great question that you can ask and it really gets people thinking. Well, and
1: this is the crazy thing. And I've seen this with so many different people, so many different relationships in a lot of different places. But if you show that you're willing to have just any conversation with somebody, just to connect with somebody on a personal level, if you're true to who God is in your life, he's going to come up. Mm -hmm. He has to come up. And it's one of those things that's like, it, it, You know, asking somebody what their faith is, that is a great question, but it doesn't have to be that. If you feel uncomfortable asking that, it doesn't have to be that. You can just ask somebody about, hey, what was your childhood like? Chances are, if you're in Oklahoma, they probably grew up going to church. <laughs> they probably have at least heard of who Jesus is. But here's the thing, in almost any conversation, unless you're talking to somebody who just doesn't really know how to do conversations. If you ask somebody a question and if they're genuinely wanting to connect with you, they're probably going to ask you the same question whenever they're done answering it. Hey, what's your favorite color? Oh, it's red. What's your favorite color? You know, that's just how it goes. Okay. So if you ask somebody, Hey, what's your faith? There's probably going to be a window of opportunity for you to share what your faith is. And It's just, it is crazy to see. I've had conversations with people. I went to this school in California called uh, Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry, and it was crazy how many times I just didn't want to tell people where I was going to school (laughs) because, first of all, it has the word supernatural in there, and if you're not talking to a born-again Christian, that's kind of a weird word to say. Um, People get kind of weirded out, and I remember even before I went, I had to put in notice at my job, and they said, hey, why are you leaving? And I remember thinking every time somebody asked me that, I felt uncomfortable saying supernatural, so I would just say, oh, Bethel School of Ministry. And it just, like, I didn't feel right about that because I wasn't really being true to, first of all, what the school is, but also, like, why I'm going is to encounter the Holy Spirit and uh, be equipped with, with bringing the kingdom to earth. And, but it was just like, I would just say the bare minimum so that people wouldn't get weirded out by what I'm saying. But I remember I had this conversation with somebody and they were just like, you should try just being completely honest with everybody, like just straight up because it, it, you know, it's the truth. And if they don't like it, like that's okay. And I remember I tried this out, somebody who I was working with, who was like, hey, so why are you leaving? Why are you moving to California? And I was like, oh, I'm actually going to this school called Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. And the look on her face was like I had just spoken another language. And so, But here's the deal. If somebody's confused by what you said, they're probably going to ask you some clarifying questions, which she did. And she asked me about what the school is all about, like what does it mean with the whole supernatural thing. And that just easily opened this door for me to tell her about, hey, I believe in a God who... Um, can do miracles and who is supernatural and that I get to interact with and have a relationship with. And it was just this really cool moment where me, not being uncomfortable with myself and with what I'm doing in my life, um, opened up this space for, for her to hear the gospel. and it was this really cool moment. Um, and just one more story, which was literally this week, um, I was at work and just to show like just to show you that, you don't necessarily ever get over the discomfort. At least I don't. I don't really ever get over the initial, like, oh, like <laughs> I don't really want to say, you know, And but it was literally this week, my coworker was asking me, um, let's see, I'm trying to remember how, oh, we were just talking about, um, like, social media and technology and all this different stuff and politics, and she goes, Joni, you seem to have a pretty like level head on your shoulders. Like you don't seem like you get caught up in a lot of this stuff. And that right there, even though that doesn't necessarily seem like a window into like, oh, I get to talk to her about Jesus. In my mind, it was like, oh, well, I'm that way because of Jesus in my life. And that's the key, I think, is like you need to think of your life as Jesus has influenced every part of it. Every part of it that's good, Jesus has influenced it. So then use him. Like, give him credit where credit is due.
0: Yeah, quit taking him out of your conversation. Absolutely. I've like, done that so much. You
1: cannot filter Jesus out of your life. Because if he's a part of your life, and if somebody's asking about your life, then they deserve to have the truth Yeah. about who you are. And so that gave me a great window into, hey, I believe in Jesus, and, my, and obviously I work with her. She knows that I'm a Christian. But it just gave me a... a, a, a Dora to go through that was a little more involved than like, oh, Jonah's a Christian. Because honestly, that can mean so many different things these days. True. What does it actually mean to be a Christian? Well, I got to tell her the kind of Christian that I am, that I have a relationship with God. And I kid you not, at the end, she was like, wow, that's the kind of Christianity that I'm actually really attracted to. And I think that's a really cool thing because I've, I grew up in Christianity and it was nothing like that. And I was like, sweet, like yeah. that's awesome. Yeah. That's just a genuine interaction and that's where it ended it wasn't like she was like oh i give my life to christ yeah. but it was just a really cool interaction to see like the respect that happened there and the kindness and we were just open to each other's thoughts and it was this really cool conversation and and i'm glad that i wasn't filtering jesus out of out of my story out of my life because then i'm doing her a disservice because she's not actually getting to know the true me if i'm filtering jesus out
0: yeah That's real, and that's, I think, where it all has to start is quit taking Jesus out of your life. Oh, yeah. Quit trying to filter him out. I think that's so, so good. I did that for a long time. I'll be like, I'll be the first one to say, absolutely. Just because me and Jonah are doing this podcast does not mean that we have any of this stuff figured out. That we're perfect in this. Right. This, I feel like this is something that the Lord was like, hey, you need to talk about this because it's something that I'm still trying to figure out how to do well. Yeah. Like I'm still trying to figure out how to bring the bring the Lord, bring the gospel into my daily life as well. So like I'm there with you guys. So don't think in any way that we have everything figured out. Right. Because we don't, man. But just start by keeping Jesus in your conversations. Yes. Yeah. And then ask good questions. Yeah. Jesus is not just at church
1: and he's not just at youth group and he's not just at the Bringing It Back co- podcast. Yeah, Although well, he then. is here, I'll tell you that right yeah, now. Man, well, <laughs> but one of the biggest things that changed my life was when Jesus just went from being a part of my life to being what my life revolved around, mm-hmm. to being everything to me. And so he's not just like, oh, he's just in the Christian part of my life. No, he is my life. He's at work with me. Like, everything I do at work revolves around who Jesus is. Everything I do at home revolves around who Jesus is. And it's just this thing that's like, okay, I can go play some disc golf with my friends who aren't Christians. And that is something that I can do with Jesus, through Jesus, um, because of Jesus, from Jesus, to Jesus. I mean, he is a part of it all. And so it's, it's really, it's unfair, and it's just... A product of fear if you're filtering him out of your life because he's in every part of your life so you really don't have an excuse any time to not mention what jesus is doing in your life even if it's like hey how was your soccer game last night well we won and it was awesome and i felt
0: like i glorified god with my performance boom like you just kept <laughs> jesus in that conversation yeah Man, that's good. Well, we also want to value your guys' time. And I know we're both just not fans of super long podcasts. Yeah, no so we want to keep these short for you. But man, this week, guys, go be the gospel. Bring Jesus into your conversations and get in the word. Go yeah, bring it back. Go bring it back. Duck. All right, guys. Well, we love you. That's all we have for you this week. Please, if you ever have any questions or stuff you want to hear us talk about, send it our way, because we'd love to address that. Send that. Send it. All right.